I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. Doctor tells you that you have to have an operation. And that has been set up so that automatically everybody worries about it. But since worrying takes away your appetite and your sleep, it's not good for you. But you can't stop worrying, and therefore you get additionally worried that you are worrying. And then furthermore, because that is quite absurd and you're mad at yourself because you do it, you are worried because you worry because you worry. That is a vicious circle. So now, can you allow your mind to be quiet? Welcome back to Line Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. In today's beautiful episode, I got to chat to my to my, my good buddy, Mr. Kyle Kingsbury. Uh, Kyle is a retired UFC fighter. He competed in uh, for King of the Cage. He's a cast member on Spike TV's Ultimate Fighter. Played football at ASU. Has a really impressive uh, athletic background. And then has been made somewhat of a convergence into, you could call it maybe spirituality or self-development or these these new worlds, which I think are just so, so important for us to, to delve into. And that's kind of what we got into. We got really into his work with uh, various plant medicines, including ayahuasca and psilocybin, and the effect that that's had on his movement practice, on his cognitive function, on uh, general general perspectives in the world, unwinding some of the damage that, that can be done from something like getting your face bashed in repeatedly for years and years. One of these ceremonies one of the ladies who was like 400 pounds, she spoke afterwards about her experience and she said that um, what she got was that it's up to her to make changes. It's not up to anybody else. There's no doctor, there's no one guru, there's no trainer, there's no dietitian. She has to make health her passion and she has to make that her number one priority. And that's the only way, the continued search, the continued knowledge, that's the only way she's gonna heal herself. And I was like, fuck yes, bingo, dude, that's it, man, that is it. Really fun conversation, thank you so much for tuning in to the website, aligntherapy.com. That's A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. On there, you will find hundreds of videos on self-care and functional movement. You will find the self-care kit. Um, I will have the uh, complete user's guide to functional movement throughout your home. Um, how to integrate functionality of movement 100% of the time. The music between the music. How do we connect all these dots so that everything that we do, we are therapizing ourselves? It is possible, and uh, that's what we'll break down in that. So you'll, that should be released in the next month and a half or so, so you look forward to that. Um, quote that I got from, uh, I did a yoga class today here at Power Yoga in uh, downtown Santa Monica with a guy called Brian Kest, who I'm going to, I think, have Brian on the podcast as well. Super, super fascinating guy. A lot of you guys probably heard of him. Pretty big deal in the yoga world. 
Um, and one of the things that he mentioned throughout the class was that a spider web is only as strong as the individual strands. And uh, I just really love that. There's was, was, there was something, something about it. the moment that he said it um, really helped me a lot. So just looking at those individual components of our lives as opposed to getting focused on the big, big goals that we have, trying to focus on the smaller strands that lead into the creation of those big goals. I think it's very easy in our culture to uh, miss out on the small, subtle components that create a champion or uh, lead us to our goals, but uh, down to like the individual basis of our individual thoughts of the food that we're putting into our mouth right now, of the relationships that we're creating right now, of the way that we are standing up in our kitchen as we're chopping our carrots, the way that we are getting in and out of our car, all of these small, minute details end up stacking up into creating the larger picture that is us. And uh, I think we gotta, gotta drop into those individual strands of the web. Thank you, Mr. Kest, for dropping that, that on me this morning. Thank you so much for the reviews on iTunes. I greatly appreciate that. Um, they are, they mean the world to me. And uh, the next 20 people that leave a review for the Align podcast on iTunes, um, I will pick one of those folks and send out a self-care kit to them. And uh, I hope you, hope you enjoy it. It's a hollow foam roller, two different size myofascial release balls, heavy-duty band, elastic, uh, or what you call that, door anchor, so you can adjust the height of the band. Super great. A lot of people have been digging it. So, um, yeah, next 20 people that leave reviews, pick one of those people and send it out to you. Um, thank you again so much. I really, really greatly appreciate you guys tuning in. And... Uh, I think that might be it. What else do we got? Oh, utilize the Amazon portal on the right-hand sidebar of the blog and the podcast page. Please bookmark that thing. If you appreciate this podcast, appreciate what we're doing. Um, just every time that you use Amazon to buy anything, just use the bookmark that you pulled off the site. And uh, that link will always drop seven or so percent into the Align Podcast Foundation. So uh, thanks so much. My move to Santa Monica has been really, really great. I am um, been Jeez, there is a massive, massive movement community out here. Yesterday for Christmas, I did an ecstatic dance for three hours, and I did an acro yoga thing, and then uh, nighttime did a contact improvisation thing, and uh, I'm like really seriously freaking sore from my time in Santa Monica. So anybody out there living in the LA area, I'd love to connect, and uh, thanks so much again for tuning in. Here we go. Mr. Kyle Kingsbury. Podcast. With the THC in their brain, if they gave them that, it was actually had protective effects on their, on their, their neurons, on their, on their brain. And it's like, yeah, I, that's, a, that's awesome. I'm curious how that relates with like getting punched in the face. <laughs> you know? yeah, 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 no doubt. No doubt. Well, I've, I've certainly have been, I mean, I've had my left eye orbital blowout twice. I've had my left eyebrow fractured. I've had my jaw broken in two places. So to have that many facial fractures, I would be lying to myself if I didn't think there was some type of brain damage going on. Um, thankfully, we know now, you know, the story we were told, be careful with your brain, honey, that you only get that amount of brain cells for the rest of your life. And once you lose them, they're gone. That's all bullshit. We know now that we can create new brain cells and refresh and repair the old ones, just like any other system in the body. 
And so I kind of just really wanted to focus on what are the different things and modalities that really can help heal the brain and plants from Mother Nature. What can do, what can we do and use that'll help us? And that's, I think, the beauty of the Internet. You know, we get to share. There's a lot of shit online, but there's a lot of good stuff and the cream rises to the top. And uh, just down the street from me at uh, University of California, San Francisco, there's a Japanese doctor who was giving THC to his cancer patients because he noticed that they would need less pain pills and it would actually help. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? There would be a synergistic effect with with some of the opioids. So they would need to take way less and then be far less toxic. So he sees just traumatic results. He's like, man, this is awesome. Um, but we know THC makes you dumber. So let's look at the brain, right? The old the old hoax of THC makes you dumber. Right. So he started looking at uh, fMRI scans and different things and, and really just peeling in and looking into the brain. And what they found was that it was a neuroprotectant, just like you saw in the rat study. And uh, another interesting fact is that it was clearing out amyloid plaque from the brain. Yeah. So where are the implications for that? Alzheimer's disease, dementia, Parkinson's. So now they're running the first ever trial with high-dose THC on elderly patients with these diseases, Alzheimer's, dementia, and Parkinson's. And I think it's phenomenal because we're going to see just <laughs> just how – I mean like the more we research, the more it's like, oh, shit. We're peeling another layer of the onion and this does more magnificent stuff than we could even think about before. Yeah. The big yeah. thing the big thing that I find really, really amazing with it as well amongst other stuff is the neuroplasticity component. And, you know, I think that's one of the things. Like the, most of the people that are like really like drugs are bad and, you know, like staying in that very linear world – they're the people that could use it the most because it allows that kind of flexibility of, upon our previous viewpoints. You yeah, know? yeah. I, th I think cannabis is great for that and great for creativity. I do feel like it's uh, it's better at some things and it's good at some things and it's okay at others. And I feel like in the in the sense of what you're talking about, perspective shift, opening the mind and um, – maybe seeing things from new angle, I feel like psilocybin mushrooms, LSD, and ayahuasca far, far below that out of the water. Yeah. Not to discount cannabis for what it is. I think it's an amazing tool and it's certainly, um, everybody needs an entry point, you know, so I don't feel like it's a bad, it's a bad thing to wrap your head around. Once you're good with cannabis, you can say, okay, well, this isn't bad. You know, maybe everything I've heard about that was bullshit. And uh, now, you know, thanks to companies like maps with rick doblin we're getting to study psychedelics on a wide scale and uh they're doing it locally as well you know they had the the famous study at johns hopkins university where they looked at terminally ill patients that were going to die no matter what and all of them had a fear of death and they gave them psilocybin and they had an 80 percent success rate 80 percent of them no longer feared death they were okay with it and it just dramatically improved their quality of life for the, however long they lived after that yeah, and then so with the neuroplasticity part of kind of starting to, to allow ourselves to wander outside of our, our preconceived kind of patterns with thought, I am a strong believer that our thought and our movement is analog. They're kind of walking together. And so I'm curious for you, like, did you have you noticed any effect on plant medicines of any sort in relation to your movement practice in general? Or is that like a crazy question? No, not at all. Uh, in fact, I, the first time I did LSD at the beach, I was blown away by how it just turned into a yoga session. Yeah. I could feel every – it was like my body was talking to me and I could feel every body part that was tight and where it was tight. And it was like this gentle 
stretch me here, you know, and then I'd get into a lunge and then I'd do, you know, warrior one or whatever. And I just go through this and I would do breath work with it and really open up those parts of my body. And when maybe an hour later, you know, everything's unlocked and I could just feel like, oh shit, this is what the yogis are talking about. This is that, you know, every, there's no blockages. All, every, the whole chakras are opened up. I just felt <laughs> amazing. You know, I get in the water and it's nice and cold up here in Northern California. Um, so get a little bit of that Wim Hof cold therapy there and come back out, do some more breath work, some more stretching. But yeah, I feel a deep, deep connection to my body. And, you know, even in ayahuasca, I don't feel like, you know, um, stretching a whole lot. You feel completely heavy and, and, you know, physically incapacitated on a certain level. But, um, you know, afterwards I'll know that, you know, if I, if you get, you have life, everybody has things that come up and, um, we just deal with what's in front of us, you know, what's on our plate and we kind of neglect certain things and our body is one of those things. And I'm, yeah. I'm no different. I've learned over time to really listen and try to pay attention to my body. But if there's some, you know, something hanging up, like I have tight hips, I may not make that a priority right off the bat, but every time I do ayahuasca, it's like, open up your hips, you know, like, or yeah. fix this. This is important. It's not something to just stuff down and, and worry about later. Like this is a priority yeah. just as much as anything else in your life is. Yeah, the naysayers would be would come from the perspective that you know it's kind of like and it's like if somebody smokes meth, they're like Rah! Superman for a while, and and then they have this come down, and they're a much worse person because of it, you know. And so I think that we confuse the and maybe not. I don't I don't know a ton about meth, but but we I think we confuse some of these more expansive supplements with some of these more degenerative supplements. And I think oh, that that's yeah, when you yeah. say stuff like that, it's like, well, what about the come down, you know? But What's your experience yeah. with that? That's the, I, I'm so happy you brought that up because I've, I even did a podcast before where the guy I was talking to kept saying, calling it all drugs. And I was like, well, listen, they call this medicine yeah. in, in, in the Amazon. They don't call this drugs. But if you wanted to say that, I mean, and we lump it in with Tylenol and, and uh, pain pills and all the things that are causing deaths across the world, that's fine to an extent. Uh, are they psychoactive? Yes. So we can lump them in together if you want. Meth has... <laughs> tons, tons and tons of damage to the brain, to the body, people's teeth fall out, not to mention the decisions that you make while you're on meth and uh, health consequences, things like that. And then, yes, as you brought up the come down, how the, the way I would describe ayahuasca is like you, you walk into the ocean as you have some more and you feel comfortable, you go swimming and you can go as deep as you want. And then when you're ready, you come back out. And you gently walk back out of the ocean and the trip is over. Mm. And there is no, oh, fuck, I need more. God, I want to go back. It's just like this gentle reflection of, holy shit, that was amazing. And you're okay with not going back, you know, for the time being. Maybe, you know, a month or two later, you might you might do it again. But there is no draw. There is no, oh, my God, I need more. Or, oh, I feel terrible. Like, you just feel fine. You sleep great. You, and there's this lasting effect. And same thing with LSD, too. I think uh, uh, Jim Fadiman is a PhD. He was doing his undergrad at Harvard when Timothy Leary and, and uh, Ram Dass was Richard Alpert when they were teachers there. And he started studying, studying psychedelics right when those guys got kicked out of Harvard. And they told him, hey, man, keep, keep studying this. And so that's what he did. He came out west. He did uh, post-grad work at Stanford. Then he started, I think what it was called um, – the Transpersonal uh, Psychology Institute in Menlo, and now it's Sophia University or something like that. But it's still kind of 
in that foo-foo-y range of, of uh, studies. And uh, But he never stopped studying it. And he studied microdosing with LSD and psilocybin for this entire time. And one of the things that is a, co- a common denominator among the N equals one experience is there's a lasting effect. You know, the next day you feel great. You have this lightness to you. Um, I often joke about, you know, I, I'm not a super religious, although I feel that I'm spiritual for sure. Um, a born again Christian, if you ever get stuck listening to one of them talk about how oh, I found Jesus and they're going to keep right. going on and they just hammer it home. There's one thing that they have that I share with them, and that is they feel brand new. They feel like a new person. They feel alive again. And that's something anytime I go into a deep psychedelic experience, I feel fucking brand new the next day. Like, holy shit, I see the world with new eyes. I see plants differently. My relationships improve. Uh, Ayahuasca specifically, whether my wife is there with me or not, like I fall in love with her all over again. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that I don't love her in between. It's just to say that when I do a ceremony, it just – it shows me everything that I love about her and how magnificent she is. And that connects us so tightly. It's like, fuck, man, this is couples therapy 101. Like this is this is something that you just can't you're not going to get from a therapist. Yeah. And that was the original usage of, of MDMA as well as was couples therapy. You know, I, I think there might have been I've heard someone say something in relation to like PTSD was. But do you know anything about the the, the original? Yeah, they're doing studies right now. It was couples therapy, I believe. They're was, I think, they're yeah. in, Maps has it in phase three trials right now on humans in the U.S. and they're actually doing uh, one of these trials in Marin, I believe. So, hmm. really, really cool that all this stuff is happening. And uh, you know, for everyone freaking out about, I mean, I don't think any of your listeners will be freaking out, but you know, for a lot of the old right wing nuts that are like, oh, they're, this is why this world's going to shit. Uh, this isn't going to be available at your local farmer's market or, or in Walgreens and shit like that. You know, they're going to have tight, much tighter regulations than cannabis, obviously. And uh, people will have to go and, and consume on site with a qualified therapist who has experience and, and uh, hopefully has experience with the substance. You know, and that's something that MAPS has made a priority. They want a male guide and a female guide who both have experience with the psychoactive substance and have experience in um, you know, psychoanalysis and being able to talk people as they go through the tough spots. And, uh, I don't feel like there's too many tough spots on some pure MDMA, but, uh, you know, if you're, if you're talking about things that have been troubling you with your wife, there might be tough spots there, you know, in that circumstance, there might be tough spots for a soldier with PTSD or, or post-traumatic stress rather, because it's not a disorder. It's actually the norm. It's what's supposed to happen if you go through some shit like that. But, um, it's fantastic. We got to give these tools. You know, people have to have access to these tools in order to improve because we just we're not getting it otherwise. We're not getting there is no there's no fix for for any of this stuff that's that's helping out. You know, self-medicating with pills and and uh, alcohol each night and a cigarette, that's not going to help you. That's going to help you get better. It's not going to heal anything and it's just going to mask stuff so you can try to mope through life for another day. Yeah. Yeah. In my experience with ayahuasca ceremonies, that's, I felt like it was the first church that I've ever been to that I would actually call a church that really like I felt at home. You know, I always growing up, I always felt like I was kind of like 
forcing myself to go through these motions and like, why aren't I feeling it? You know, and, and kind of going yeah. into going into this place where we were acknowledging all of the deities and all of the prophets and all the whole thing. Like we're all just in this thing together, you know, as being in those thick dogmas was always really challenging for me. But because I was so young, I didn't understand, I didn't have enough information or tools to really be able to feel empowered in that moment. I was just kind of trying to go in the motions, you know? And so, yeah, yeah. I shared a similar experience with the, the church, oh, yeah. church thing. Yeah. It's the cleaning out. You know, that's the part that, that I really f feel called towards with, with, with using marijuana or using any kind of psychedelic. It's like cleaning your house. You know, I think it's really easy when you're just, you know, going through and you're in the tunnel vision, you go to the work, you got to pay the rent, and then you got, you know, you know, all the things. You can just, things can start to kind of settle in these nooks and you can kind of, let things become in disarray. But as soon as you kind of drop the veil a little bit, for me, it's just bearing witness to myself, I guess. Yeah, of course. I think that's absolutely incredible. That's one of the, my favorite things, especially with ayahuasca, because it literally is like someone ripped the curtain back and they say, you know, what, what, what you push down and what lies underneath the surface will rise. It's going to rise up and you're going to see exactly everything you've been avoiding. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily have to be hardcore stuff. I mean, obviously if you've been stuffing down some hardcore stuff, that might be some of the first things you have to deal with. Um, and that's why they call that the work. It's not this party drug where you go and have a great time. I mean, people are vomiting, they're puking and purging out toxins and things from the body, but it's also an emotional element too. You know, I've purged anger before I've purged fear before. And, uh, once it goes into the bucket, I don't feel that anymore. You know, it's like a, a vest, a weight, a weight vest has been lifted from my chest and I can finally, Oh, I can finally take a deep breath again and I feel normal. I feel new. And, uh, even on just smaller things, like you're saying, like daily life, things like that, like it might be not a big deal to you from a day to day basis, but over the months, over the years, it's easy to veer off course and head in a direction you don't necessarily want to go if you haven't really taken a deep look at yourself. Yeah. Yeah. One of the big things that uh, revelations, I guess, that I've, I've had in, in ceremonies was um, that this isn't it. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's what it's what I do with this, you know. And so you see so many people that are like, just repeat, repeat, keep coming back, keep coming back. You know, and it's just like, you know, what I think Tim Leary or whoever, whoever Terrence McKenna said, like, once you get the message from God, put the phone down. You know, it's like, uh -huh. you know, so how have you integrated these experiences so it's like that you don't well, need to eat an ayahuasca every day <laughs> yeah, yeah i like that so so i've done i think it was ram das who said that and i appreciate that but dennis mckenna countered that and i and i love dennis mckenna uh, i love them both they're great teachers but i love that dennis mckenna still works with ayahuasca on a regular basis and uh, he calls himself ayahuasca's cheerleader um he was on uh, Jesse Lawler's Smart Drug Smarts podcast. Fantastic listen for your listeners and yourself if you haven't heard it yet. Okay. But um, he was he mentioned the Ramdas quote and he said that this isn't you don't do ayahuasca once and, and become a finished product. It's not like you fix everything and for the rest of your life you're fucking Jesus now. You know, you become Buddha and you've ascended all humanly desires and you're there and you can just, you know, take over and have a great a great life and share your your wisdom with others and improve everyone else and be a healer and all. No, 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 no. This takes time and we do have layers that we have to peel back and there there is more work to be done. But you are 100% correct in that if you just go there for the experience and you don't take that and extrapolate something to change about your life, 
then it's just that. It's just an experience. It's just that really cool time yeah. you were in the Amazon and you had these crazy visions and you can remember them and you write them down and you tell people about it and they're like, oh, you're nuts. Or, yeah, I did that. That's really cool too. <laughs> but um, no matter what their opinion is, your what you what your take home is, it isn't much unless you've decided there's a way that you can change yourself and improve your quality of life. And really, that's been my mission, not just with ayahuasca, but in general, finding, you know, when I was fighting, I had these two dynamics. It was it was so polarized. I would be, eat super clean eight weeks for the fight, meditate every day, do breath work. Mm. I would read and avoid television and just try to gather as much information that could help me on fitness, nutrition, mobility, uh, spirituality, anything. And I would do these in my fight camps. And then after the fight, it would just be bad drugs. <laughs> and I'll call those drugs. Uh, alcohol, the worst, shittiest food I could put in my body. Like, oh, I've been so good for eight weeks. Now I'll eat pizza. Now I'll eat, right. you know, whatever. And um, just really destroy myself physically and also emotionally because, of course, we know now with the microbiome and, and you know, not just you are what you eat. You, you feel, you think what you eat. These things have a direct impact on your emotional state, on your, your uh, cognitive function, all that. And I really didn't understand that until after my last fight where I got my ass kicked again. I, uh, I did a, a denial, an ayahuasca ceremony and I was like, why Why did I need to fight again? You know, it, it just felt like I, it wasn't important when I was in there. And uh, I just knew right then that was my last fight. Like midway through the fight, I was like, I'm never going to do this again. This is it. Hmm. And um, I finished out the fight, you know, went to decision, not, but it wasn't even close. And so I was thinking a lot about this in ceremony and that it was to show me, it showed me right then the way I lived leading up to the fight and the way I lived after. And it was like, you don't have to live that way. You can live. You know, how do you feel in camp? I felt amazing in camp. You know, I felt just like I had a great head on my shoulders. I understood things. Um, don't sweat the small stuff is all small stuff, right? I would feel like anything, all this shit coming at you on a daily basis. It's like, nah, it's no big deal. It's really not a big deal. But after that, you know, putting all this crap in my body and, and throwing caution to the wind with my health, that's what was really more damaging than the fight itself, you know? So it taught me a way to live. It showed me you can live this way on a daily basis without having a date to go get punched in the face. And you can just take that and run with it. And that's kind of what I've done. And it's made a focus for me on how can I improve my quality of life on a day-to-day -day basis, regardless of anything that's on the schedule. You know, just what can I do each day and how can I implement that? And ayahuasca has given me a much greater meditation practice. Um, I think my first sermon was in 2013. I had practiced meditation since 2010 in fighting. And I could never, I mean, even if I got to a quiet mind, I kind of didn't, I didn't really understand what the purpose was. I didn't understand trying to create that quiet space inside. And now I can easily do that. I can meditate in my car. I can meditate while I drive. Um, I throw in, uh, uh, well, quick plug. I throw in these brain FM. Have you heard of them? I throw in a uh, brain like FM binaural beats or it's something like binaural beats on steroids. It's, oh, it's cool. fantastic stuff, but, uh, yeah, I won't talk too much about them, but they, they have a phenomenal product. So I'll throw that on yeah, and meditate. And I'll even and I'll even combine that with some Wim Hof breathing, and I won't hold as long if I'm driving. Obviously, I don't want to pull off the road. But, but uh, 
you know, I can get this throughout the day. And that's something that I loved about Pavel Tatsulin is greasing the groove, the concept that yeah. if you don't have an hour to go to the gym, just sprinkle this shit in throughout the day, you know, do 10 perfect push-ups every hour. And at the end of the day, you've got a hundred perfect push-ups. Your body doesn't need 60 minutes of dedicated workout time. What it needs is to get these quality movement patterns done and accomplished throughout the day. And same thing goes for mobility. I was just talking to Kelly Stratt about that. He says 10 minutes a day. It's like brushing your teeth. Work on your body for 10 minutes a day. And, and whatever your priority is, if you have tight hips, that's at the top of the list. If you've got a, you know, if your chest is fine, your shoulder mobility is fine, you don't worry about that. That can come last. But you work on the things that are tightest. And, and the same concept applies there. You don't have to devote 10 minutes for that. You can do a two-minute squat test in the morning and do your super couch stretch for a couple minutes after that and then finish off with some foam rolling in the evening when you get home from work. And then by the end of the day, you've got your 10 minutes in. Yeah. So I, I feel like taking these concepts from movement, mobility, strength and conditioning, um, and meditation, breath work, and then even you know using the plants as well, I feel like they've really improved my quality of life and I've been able to implement them on a, on a day-to-day basis, obviously not the plants every day, but certainly, um, you know, breath work every single day, uh, a couple days a week, I'll get in the ice bath and, and that's <laughs> as meditative as possible. You know, people think, uh, man, an ice bath wouldn't sound pretty fun. It'd be, it'd be hard, but two or three minutes into it, you are completely focused on the ice and your breathing. You're not focused on anything else. So if you have trouble quieting your mind, that is an excellent tool to use to really quiet your mind. Because if you're focusing on breathing in meditation, that's an easy hack that has been taught for thousands of years. But the second you get into the cold, you really will only focus on your breath. You won't be thinking about anything but that in that moment. And that's uh, an amazing thing to draw us into the now, into the present moment. Yeah. It seems, talking to you, it seems like you have, it seems really tangible that you've kind of like, at whatever point, have stumbled upon this Pandora's box of like self development or self remembrance or self, any of that stuff. And I think that's the thing, getting people to that point where you're just, you're not just doing these things because you think you're supposed to, but getting us to the point where we're genuinely excited about being a, a better version of ourselves. You know, and I, yeah. I, I want, do you have any kind of thoughts of like, like goal setting or do you like write stuff or like, what are you, you know, one of the, one of the things that I learned in, in ceremony as well was you write down your intention yeah. and then I've seen people rip it in half or throw it into the fire. You let it go. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you get it, great. If you don't get it, at least that was your, your focus, but you're supposed to have an intention when you go into ceremony. It's not something that you just <clears throat> show up and oh, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see if I talk to the dragon today. You know, it's, it's not that kind of a deal. You know, you, you really do want to put down what you want to work on and things you want to have a better understanding on. I feel that way with my goals at the beginning of each year, I'll write down goals, print them out, put them on the, on the wall. And then this year I printed them out, put them on the wall, left them up for a week and then tore it down. Hmm. And that's because I, I, I do want to accomplish those goals, but they don't mean everything. You know, my quality of life does not depend on me accomplishing those goals. And it's just this idea that I have of this is what I want to do because I believe it will help me. 
but it it's not gonna you know that that's the the fault of many is the I'll be happy when scenario, yeah. right? So, oh, if I finish you know a one book a month, that'll make me happier. If I finish uh, meditating five days a week and I check off my little squares on the calendar each month and look back and I got five days a week, I averaged it out, I did it. I'll be happy when I can do that. Or oh, I missed it by twenty reps. You know, next year I'll get those sessions in. And you and you feel kind of guilty that you didn't get your goal accomplished. And that's that's bullshit because you probably got more meditation in than you thought you would have if you hadn't made that a goal. Right. Yeah. So there doesn't have to be a checks and balances of. I'm happy if I get this done and I'm not happy if I don't get this done, because it's not dependent upon that. You really are happier and better if you just implement some of this stuff some of the time. And if it's one form or another, you know, the days I don't work out, I'm not just sitting on my ass the whole day. It's active recovery. So that's a great time for me to do mobility or go get a cheap foot massage or just have an ocean day where we go and I get in the cold water and swim around for 10 minutes and play with my son on the beach. That's active recovery, too. It doesn't have to be some boring thing where you're like, oh, God, now I got to stretch and do this. No, make it fun. Play. You know, that's that's, uh, any anybody who's been in athletics for a really long time, the older guys, they'll say, have fun with it. You know, you have to play. And Steve Maxwell is a prime example of that. You know, when you watch that guy, he's always got a smile on his face when he's doing seminars and random countries all over the world living out of his bag. That's part of the deal, man. Make it fun because if it's not fun, you're not going to stick with it. Yeah. I love that every person that you've referenced so far has been on the podcast at least at least once and twice so people can go back and I just told uh, yeah. yeah the funny thing was when I when I wrote you I was not bullshitting normally when I go on somebody's podcast I'm like if I haven't heard of their podcast before I'm like okay let me download a couple of of the guys that I really want to listen to people yeah. I've heard of or people that sound interesting and you were the only podcast where I downloaded over 10 episodes right <laughs> off the Oh, Oh, fucking Paul check. Paul check is the first guy that got me into understanding. He was the first one. I was in college eating absolute garbage, trying to get as big as I could for football. I played a defensive line at Arizona state. And I mean, three days a week, I would go to McDonald's drive through first thing in the morning after, after weight training. And I would buy three sausage egg McMuffins with cheese, two orange juice, a coffee and (laughs) five hash browns. That was a three day a week deal every day after weight training. That was my deal. And then at night I would get like a a Costco three pack of Frechetta's pizza or I'd go to In-N-Out and then they had just opened a Krispy Kreme down the street. So I'd bring some whole milk and try to do a box, you know, a 12 pack of Krispy Kreme glazed donuts just to, just to cap it off. The beauty is I didn't realize I had a gluten intolerance. Wow. So <laughs> this food is bad to begin with, but add the add the intolerance and then it's like, wow, I had no idea what I was doing to my body. You know, we know about leaky gut syndrome and things like that. So it was really, I mean, just I mean, burning the candle at all ends, front, back, in the middle, in between. And so um one of my strength coaches, this New York guy, he was like, You you fought a lot. And I was like, What? He goes, I said it, you fought a lot. And I was like, that's that's uh, usually not something that dudes tell one another. So what? All guys fart. And he's like, no, I'm serious. You you fought a lot. He's like, I think you got a food tolerance. And I was like, oh shit. Uh, all right. Well, I'm willing. I'm willing to, to to listen to you. You know, you know your stuff. And I listen to this guy on strength. So why don't I pay attention uh, to what he might say about diet and nutrition? And he threw on the flatten your abs forever video which I thought was a, a joke for a title. And it is a joke for a title because it has nothing to do with getting, you know, it has to do with getting six pack, but it's really about health. 
and getting rid of gut inflammation and healing your body. And so I watched that video. I listened to Paul Check talk and everything he said, it was like the gospel. I mean, I was like, oh, shit, this dude knows all kinds of stuff. And so I went out and bought How to Eat, Move and Be Healthy by Paul Check. And of course, they have the questionnaires in there and you just go down the list filling stuff out and and kind of prioritize where your body's at and what's needed. And that was the first guy that taught me about organic foods, um, everything that goes even with the meat, you know, like it's. People are like, well, you know, I can't afford this or that. It's like, no, dude, I can't afford grass-fed filet mignon either. But I can afford grass-fed ground beef, 100% grass-fed, grass-finished. And I can certainly afford really good high-quality eggs, you know, which are by far one of the most nutritious things you can put in your body. So he, I, I give, I'm such a huge fan of Paul's, man. I did the uh, HLC Level 1, the Holistic Life Coach, not to be a life coach, just because I wanted to understand, like, what are the things this guy knows from a spirituality standpoint, from a breathwork standpoint. And really that was kind of bridging the gap for me in a different way um, on how to take these things and apply it to athleticism and movement, you know, not just from a, well, these are separate issues. You know, I'm going to meditate at this point in the day and then I'm going to work out. Like, no, it's all integrated. You know, if you're mindful during your lifts, you're going to lift more. If you are uh, focused on breathing in between sets, you're going to recover faster. So all these tools can be interrelated and, and connected with each other and used no matter what you're doing, you know? Yeah. And in the Paul check episode, we get into, he, he has pretty, he's going to some pretty dark places, you know? And it's like, that's, that's, yeah, there's some roomy or one of those guys and something along the lines of in order to for a tree to reach up into the heavens they have to go down in the depths of hell you know with the roots you know it's like we kind of we have this this reciprocal relationship of the deeper that we go in the dark places the more i think we're able to open up to the light you know and, and it's it's paul's just he's a great example of that you know i think we can become consumed by like oh life sucks this is bad. but if you can reframe that you can start to really actually recognize that Oh, maybe I'm growing in this experience. You know, it's something. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's kind of my, my sister. My sister has never done ayahuasca and probably never will. But she asked me one time. She's like, "What do you get from this?" You know, she had heard some of my visions and things that I've learned, and I was like, "You know what I get consistently, even if I don't see things, is just this. It's like a refresher. Like I, I, but I, but the best parts are when I can really dive deep and understand myself." with a different from a different lens and the perspective shift that I get and I feel like I really grow as a person but you know everyone's got stuff to work through and I feel like you know I just haven't worked through it all you know like if I want to when I finish the ayahuasca ceremony and feel like man that's all that, that I'm going to be taught and I'm good to go um I don't know that that day will ever happen listening to Dennis McKenna but um if that day comes then that'll be the last time I do it you know and then she kind of laughed and she said well that would suck to have that much shit to work through and then I busted up laughing because it was it was funny to listen to it and hear it from from that angle but fucking everyone's got stuff to work through there isn't a guy on planet earth Eckhart Tolle has stuff to work through Deepak Chopra has stuff to work through we all do you know and that's 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 part of being here you know part of being here is the balance of how can I enjoy uh, life? How can I get more out of life? And then how can I discard some of the things that aren't necessary to me anymore? You know, some of the things that I that I that may be impacting me going forward that's 20 years old. You know, it's nothing I need to have anymore. I can I can let me dump that away. But if you don't focus on those things, you'll never know they're there. 
Yeah. Yeah. Alan Watts said something along the lines of, of uh, these issues that we work through, these patterns, it's kind of like burglars inside of a house. And when the police come, the burglars don't just leave, they go up to the next level and the police search the bottom level. And then they, then they go upstairs and they go up to the next level, you know, but it's like, it's kind of this process of slowly, I don't know, just moving the patterns. You know, I think we, we become stagnant with it is the big thing. And the longer that we stay stagnant, the darker and deeper it becomes. But it's that process of continuing to kind of like rattle the cage up a little bit. All right, gather myself back. All right, let's rattle it up again. All right, gather myself back. And every time you gather yourself back, it's like it's like the what's that process? Smelting metal or whatever it is. When it, when you when you melt the metal, you end, it ends up becoming stronger as a product mm-hmm. of that. So you expand it and then you put it back in the cold. That's just that's I don't know. That's just. No, I like right. that. That's like, <laughs> that's like weight training for the soul. You yeah, know, what right. do you what do you like to say? Like, well, you're gonna break your muscle down, and you're gonna pull the fibers apart, and you're gonna have micro tears, and then you're gonna let it heal, and with adequate time and nutrition, it's gonna come back stronger than ever. And yeah. that's that's what you're doing to your soul. But if you don't yeah. play that game and you don't do that own you know your own work, and it doesn't have to be with ayahuasca, it can just be with meditation and 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 breath work, but there are so many tools. You don't just have to sit in a room in silence. You know, there's so many more tools than, than, uh, what was available in the past. And, um, man, there's just no excuse anymore. You know, like once you hear this stuff and you have these options, it's just a matter of doing it. You know, I, I love, uh, Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee's quote of, um, it's not enough to know we must do yeah. like the knowledge is fine. It's the acting on that knowledge that makes it worthwhile. Yeah. Can, can I ask what your, when you, before you drank your cup or the last, last time with ayahuasca, what your intention was? Or is that like, yeah, I I had, I had a few, it had been over a year. So since I started ayahuasca in 2012 or 2013, I've, I've done it 14 times now. It's been about three times a year is about the average, but in the Amazon I had done, you know, four times in a week. So you can do consecutive, you know, like every other day type thing. So I, I, I got quite a few sessions done in the Amazon. Um, that said, having this super long stretch of over a year, uh, you know, I had a lot of questions. One was on health. Um, you know, am I, am I healthy? I keep getting, I kept getting common colds Hmm. and, uh, I went and did an organic acids test and it showed that I have candida overgrowth, which was impacting all kinds of shit. And obviously, if you have, you know, candida overgrowth or anything like that, you're going to have immune function problems because you're taking your resources somewhere else. They got to deal with these other guys and then common cold comes along that you normally kick the crap out of. And you're just you're just short on short on immune guys. You know, the army is low. And so it made a lot of sense. But it was like, how could I let this happen? You know, and and um, Really, I just wanted to kind of dive into that. Like, I know something's going on that I'm not paying attention to. What is that? So that was an intention on health. There was an intention on we have um, my wife and I have our first child. His name is Bear, and he's uh, about a year and a half now. So we're we're my sister has a son who's nine weeks younger, and he, she's pregnant with twin boys. So she's gonna have three little boys under two years, and we want to know like, hey, you know, is it the right time to have a second child? And uh, when I was in the Amazon, I saw that we have another boy and another girl coming. We both saw uh, Bear before we had him. Like before we even talked about having children, we shared the same vision of me holding a child with her holding both of us. And then the next ceremony, we saw it was a boy. But it was back-to-back ceremonies. We had these visions of us holding a child before ever talking about having children. Mm. 
And, um, you know, a month later we were pregnant with bear. So knowing that I can get received this kind of information, uh, I was like, all right, I want to know about the next child. Who is it? What is it? Uh, when's it going to come? You know, is, is it the right time? All these things. And that was, that was pretty much it. And then also this, uh, this other thing with, uh, with work, you know, just with, um, with the cannabis gym and with work and is it the right fit? I, I, I had a lot of things, reservations about it. And so going into the ceremony, those were, that was the intention, you know, and I took the first cup and I, this is the most gentle ceremony I've ever had. I've had ceremonies where I could barely make it to the bathroom to shit my brains out. I've had ceremonies where I puked violently the whole time. Um, this time I, I went number two twice, but it was super easy. It could make it there. No problem. Everything came out gently. Um, so no hardcore purging. And I had three cups, but each cup just felt like it layered and piggybacked on the last one. And it was slow. Sometimes if I have my second cup, it just catapults me out and I'm, I'm there, I'm deep. And, uh, there's been, there's been ceremonies where I only had two cups because I just got launched with the second one and I didn't need to go further. But, um, this time I took three and, uh, you know, during the ceremony, it really just shed light on things. Like I got a, one of the things, um, that I was really thinking about was, if I'm in a gym and I'm in a single location, then I'm only helping those people around me. It's a very small amount of people that are next to me that can hear the message. Yeah. And uh, I really feel like podcasting and obviously listening, being a fan of Joe Rogan's and, and listening to all podcasts, it's the sharing of this information to the masses that allows people to digest and learn about these things. I mean, how many people have learned about floating from Joe Rogan? Like yeah. before that, I never knew what floating was. I never even tried it or heard of it. And then now, they love floating because they got they were given this little tidbit of information. They're able to implement it. So one of the things that I got from that was I'm not going to be in a single location, and I do want to start a podcast. Yeah. And so we've we've got we've got that in the works right now. Actually, cool. um, I'd like you to be for one of our first guests. Cool, if, man. Uh, Thank if you don't you. want, that'd yeah. be awesome to get you. But um, yeah, and then I was thinking about my health, and it was just there was so much of the ceremony where. You know, they call her Mother Ayahuasca, the spirit of ayahuasca. To a lot of people, that sounds like shit. But one of the first things you understand is all these plants are conscious. Yeah. They're all fucking – they're not just alive, inanimate objects. They are living. They Whatever soul we have, they have. And I think that's a funny argument for vegans is that <laughs> these things have every bit of soul that we have. There is zero question. And it shows you that. And Mother Earth – I've spoken to Mother Earth many times. And, um, you know, I really understood that on a deep, deep level. I look at plants completely differently now. And, um, you know, in that, in that there was just so much of mother ayahuasca saying, remember me because it had been a year and it was just this, remember me, you know, like I can give you the answers I can teach you and show you, I have more to show you. And, uh, it just blew me away, you know, and, and one of my purges was crying, you know, it felt like coming home for a very long time away, it felt like I had come home for the first time in a long time. And that was just emotionally, you know, there was a lot to let go of. And, uh, you know, dudes don't get to cry that often. We're taught from a young age, like suck it up, pussy, rub some dirt on it, you know, and, and, uh, don't listen to your body. It's just, a, you know, if you're, there's a difference between being hurt and being injured and you're just hurt. So suck it up and get back in there, you know, and that kind of thing. And, um, even knowing these things, it's still hard to practice letting go emotionally in that way of crying. 
and uh, you know, having a little sun, it's and not sleeping well, and and all the the, the problems that everyone goes through as a parent. That's pretty pretty hard on anybody. There is no manual. There is no way to do it correctly. And I feel like I was able to release a lot of the pain and emotional stuff that goes on with just being a dad for the first time, you know, and that was really just a huge relief for me. And then, um, that led me to think, okay, well, you know, we're working through this stuff. What, what about the next one? And I had assumed it was a boy, you know, we're, we, uh, we have two of these little stuffed or they're like pillows and one of them has a bear cub and the other one has a wolf cub. So I assume wolf is a boy and, and then we have another boy on the way. I saw a boy and a girl uh, in the Amazon as our, as our second and third child. So I just had that assumption and um, I actually ended up switching places with one of the people there. And I figured it was because there was this dude on the other side, you know, ayahuasca ceremonies, there's anywhere from six to 50 people, depending where you go. There's a lot of people and you share the space together. You share the energy with one another Everything is connected and you understand that greater than the way I'm saying it with experience. But um, she wanted to switch with me and I just assumed, oh, it's because this guy next to her. And so I switch with her and I'm laying there and she's like, look up, look up. You know, and she's trying to get me to look up in the trees. It's a friend of mine from Kansas City and she's like, look up and look up in the trees. And I'm looking up and I'm like, uh, I don't see anything. But, uh, you know, your experience is different than mine. And, and uh She's like, oh, don't worry about it. I'll tell you later. So I flip over onto my stomach and I see her pink mat. And right when I see her pink mat, I'm just flooded with this feminine energy. And I just, oh, shit. And I close my eyes and I go into child's pose. And uh, right then I leave my body and I'm in, it was almost like DMT. I'm in a space of no space. It's complete darkness. But I can sense this other being. And I was like, oh, shit. Are you who I think you are? And, uh, it was, it was, she just said, uh, I'm going to be Wolf and I'm going to be your daughter and I'm just waiting for the body. I was like, oh shit. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was absolutely powerful. You know, just, just like this reassurance, like, Hey, I'm coming. I'm just waiting for the right time. Get your health in order, get everything in order and just make the best home for me. And I'll be here shortly, you know? Yeah. So absolutely fantastic. You know, once again, ayahuasca exceeded any expectations I could have had of it. Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. my experience with, with that is that it's, it's takes you to your edge, you know, and you're making a lot of yoga references, which is something I've, I've just recently gotten more into. I've been doing yoga like one to two times a day for the last two weeks. And before that, I didn't do it hardly at all. And it's made a tremendous difference in my body. Like I'm like, I'm pretty well sold on that, but, but that's the big thing is, is, is just dancing with your edge and all the various different joints throughout your body, which then that brings you into these various different kind of like viewpoints or perspectives that you have in reference to how you relate to, 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 to problems like that or pain. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think that with, with the ayahuasca and, you know, any psychedelic in my experience, that's kind of the way it is. It's like, it really is a teacher. You know, and you can yeah, really feel yeah. that. And it's not going to give you more than what you can handle. And this is all, you know, we hear all this stuff. But hearing it from somebody like you, who's like big, strong MMA, you know, previous, you know, Dunkin' Donut, whatever, Krispy Kreme eating donut, dude, <laughs> to have these perspectives is so much more powerful than just the person that's been growing up Hare Krishna their whole life and is vegan. And like, it's it's cool, man. It's, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, well, no, I, I, completely, I completely know what you're saying. My very first ayahuasca ceremony, 
Dan Hardy, for any of the listeners who who enjoy uh, fighting and watching the UFC, Dan Hardy is this British fighter, giant red mohawk. You know, he was one of the best, fought George St. Pierre for the title and took him to decision. Fantastic dude. But I just, you know, knowing a lot of British guys and knowing what I see on TV of Dan Hardy, I did not expect this dude to be on the spiritual plane he was on. And I was gathering a lot from him. Um, and listening to his experiences, but also just in be- sharing the space with him and being next to him when I felt like I was going to purge and I was fighting it because it was the first time I didn't know to release some of these. There are so many lessons in ceremony that go along with any spiritual teaching, letting go, surrender, acceptance of what is. All these things are, are constant reminders in ceremony. And I just wasn't surrendering to it. I wanted to control it. I wouldn't let go. And I was like, fuck, no, I'm not going to purge. All these people are purging because they're sick. They're not healthy like me. They don't take care of their bodies. And then, you know, just let it all out. And uh, and I, I realized, like, is this OK? And I could hear everyone. And yes, it is OK. We're all doing this. It's OK to puke. It's OK to be a child. And there, in a lot of ways, you are a child again in the arms of Mother Ayahuasca. You know, you really do get to go back into that into that experience of people are taking care of you you are not capable you're not in control and uh but I drew so much from Dan you know like there was just like this this reassurance of knowing that this guy's done it 15 times his wife has done it 20 times and obviously this was 3 or 4 years ago so they've done it many more times since then but uh, I, I know exactly what you're talking about when you say that. And I think that is a funny thing because even people told me, you know, before the Joe Rogan show, like I didn't want to listen because I thought it was just some other fighter, you know? And then when he started talking about those things, it was like, whoa, shit, I didn't expect that from a fighter or from these things. And it's funny because even when I walk around in ayahuasca ceremonies, people are like, it's the Hulk. It's the, it's it, you know, they, they think of like this giant physical body and I don't see myself that way. You know, I've, yeah. I've, I don't see myself that way at all. I know I have the body that I have because I work towards it, but I know what bodybuilders look like, and they make me look like a scrawny little twerp. I know what runners look like. I've run a 50k, and I'm the giant there, you know. So it's it's all it's all perspective. But yeah, that's not something that I have in my mind, you know, when I'm around other people until they mention it, and then it's like, oh yeah, I am. I'm bigger than you, and I, I'm kind of strong, you know. I work out, but even still, I'm at the gym. I work out at uh, with Jesse Burdick. And the Powerwad guys, I'm the the weakest guy by far in our rotation. I mean by far. I'm always a plate less on each side, minimum. Usually two or three plates less on deadlift and squat. But there's something to that. You know, you can be a big fish in a small pond, or you can you can go with with you know other killers and giants and and really iron sharpens iron, and that's how you get better. You get better, you absorb from being around people like that. And I think it's the same for for the mental. You know, you can listen to uh fox news and that can be your your daily source of information or you can pick up a good podcast and really expand your knowledge and really understand things from different angles and see things with different light and those are the choices we make but it really does come to exposure and whether it's people that you're exposing yourself to or kind ideas and concepts all that stuff's palpable all that stuff is something you can absorb and take with you yeah what is your your weight and height are you six four two or five um, I'm six three and a half ish, and uh, two about two thirty five right now. I fluctuate between thirty five. Okay, I was gonna say because I'm like I'm six four two hundred two hundred five. I'm like you're way bigger than me. <laughs> but okay, you're yeah. th- it's because well, you're thirty pounds heavier. 
Never mind. I get like uh, if I'm if I'm doing like strict low carb ketogenic diet, I usually drop between 225 and 230. I've been eating carbs again, like good carbs, just uh, berries and and really just excuse me, so many more vegetables that that would be well over 50 grams, you know, of carbohydrates just from kale, broccoli sprouts, things like that. So I've really just incorporated quite a bit more green into my diet and quite a bit more, you know, plant-based carb, you know, good carbohydrates, whole foods, things like that, you know, not refined starches and carbohydrates, but, um, by no means am I low carb, you know, I'm not, I'm not American diet carbohydrate, but I'm, I'm certainly not in a ketogenic state right now. So, Obviously, with that, you know, you have more glycogen, more water held in the muscle, and and that's that's what really the the extra ten pounds, five to ten pounds, has been. Yeah, cool, man. Um, we're out of time. The, the one that you just mentioned, veggies. I just had Terry Walls on, and we were one of the things that I've been forcing myself to do since since talking with her is forcing myself to eat nine fists or you know cups or whatever of of veggies and throw cruciferous, and I've been fermenting a lot of foods and just forcing myself even in times when I'm not necessarily all that hungry which before I was like you know more about fasting like I really want to fat and like you know if I'm not hungry like try and minimize that but what I found is that if I eat a big salad whether I'm hungry or not when I get done with it I feel really good <laughs> and so yeah. something for people to tinker with just making sure that you're just for two weeks or whatever making sure that you're eating just a buttload of veggies and just see what happens you know just yeah, yeah, that's a that's a huge one. Just this, uh, one of the things they say is that when someone's sick or if they're they're trying to heal, you don't take away, you add, and what you add is the right nutrients, right? You add yeah. these good micronutrients and phytonutrients and all the different, you know, the colorful plants. You know, you go from red cabbage to green cabbage to orange sweet potatoes, and you just cycle through all these different colors, and you get all these different things that we don't really know how they impact our body in, in a positive way, but we know we feel good when we eat them. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we got to do this again. And if you have, I, as you were talking about, you're referencing podcasts somehow in my head, I was like, you need to do a podcast. You know, I was waiting to say that <laughs> and then you brought it up. So that's cool. Um, so yeah, either I'll come on yours or come back on mine at some point. Yeah. Or, or I want you, I want you on mine. Sure. Yeah. That'd be awesome, man. And we're so, going to start, uh, it's, it'll be the brain FM podcast. It'll be the brain FM podcast and it's going to release either in December or January, but we, we've got to get a few stockpiled cool. for rainy days and, uh, we'll release, you know, the first five right off the bat and just start pumping them out. Right. twice a week after that so we definitely want you on brother yeah i'll be passing down like i said down through that way i think i'm moving to la in december and i'll be you know so whatever we'll, we'll stay in contact and make it happen is there where do you where should people find you or, or should people look out find for the podcast find me on uh, twitter and instagram at kingsboo that's k-i-n-g-s-b-u the uh it's pretty much my last name with uh, the r and the y cut off that was my uh college uh id because they could only fit in so many letters on the id form and one of my buddies saw that and he was like king's boo that's gangster king's <laughs> yeah, he's, like, oh, he's giving a shit he's like what are you some kind of fruit boy you know with a little king's boo and uh that just kind of stuck for a minute so cool. that's that's the twitter and the instagram handle cool man well thanks i um yeah i look forward to to getting to spend some more time look forward to it hell yeah aaron cool. much appreciated brother we'll right. do it again thank you brother 
Design Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. I greatly appreciate your comments and your shares in iTunes. They determine the ranking and the visibility of the show, and they make me smile. So I look forward to reading those guys. Be sure to check out the website, aligntherapy.com. That's A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. On there, you can find my blog. You can find this podcast, more information about the topics and the, and the uh, guests that we've had on the show. You can find hundreds of absolutely free instructional videos on self-care, functional movement, how to get strong, how to get fast, how to get exactly what you want out of your body as well. Be sure to check out the self-care kit where it is as small enough to fit underneath the seat in your car. And it's like a physical therapist and massage therapist all wrapped up into one package. I know you guys are going to love the website. I know you guys are going to get a lot of value out of it. And I look forward to hearing your comments. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening. And remember to join the movement by subscribing to the podcast. If the information has been helpful, please share and leave your comments in iTunes. Aaron personally reads each one and it makes all the work worthwhile. Together, we will make a difference and continue to bring more powerful and inspiring messages to the world. Align Podcast.